Well, Steven, we're here. We're almost done with community. I didn't think we'd ever make it, but we made it. And I think, how about, just for old time's sake, we record an intro to the podcast just one more time. Let's do it, Zach. I think we can handle it. If you like what we do here, make sure you mosey on over to patreon.com slash podcast For as little as five bucks a month, you too can feed a Zach and Steven in need, and you'll get access to all sorts of awesome content. Our weekly live pre-show that we do, You Can't Dis a Pre-Show. We've got some bonus podcasts on there. Days and days, just scads of content over there for you. Plus, maybe some new stuff coming soon, so make sure you put your ear to the ground, send us your bones, throw us at least a fiver, and see what it'll get you. Follow us on Twitter over at You Can't Dis a Pod and tell us what show we should talk about next. If you just can't get enough, watch those patties and come over and double tap us on Instagram over at Can't Disappoint Podcast. We're also on Facebook and YouTube under the whole name of the show, You Can't Disappoint a Podcast. All sorts of vids, things to like, subscribe, and and slap the bell to get notified. If you think that we're both five-star men and this is a five-star show, make sure you leave a review wherever you review your podcasts, on Apple Music, on Yelp, on Spotify, on TripAdvisor. We're there. Just check us out. Everyone, it has been an honor to do this community rewatch podcast for the past few years, and I hope you'll stick around with us as we wrap it up and move on to the next thing. Steven, what do you have to say as we move onward and upward? Thanks for sticking with us as long as you have. We hope that you hitch your get-alongs to our pick-em-up and ride along with us into whatever the future holds. All right, and for one of the last times, let's do it. Let's start the episode of You Can't Disappoint a Podcast. Okay. So, maybe my biggest question. Am I... I mean, is this... Or... Well, it's not the heaven or hell idea that you were raised on. But generally speaking... In the afterlife, there's a good place and there's a bad place. You're in the good place. You're okay, Eleanor. You're in the good place. Well, that's good. Sure is. (laughs) Okay, let's take a walk, shall we? Here we are, everyone, back on the home turf, the OG podcast of our franchise. We're back. You can't disappoint a podcast. Hello. Back in the saddle again, Zachary. It's been a a time or two, but I'm happy to be back with you. Do you have a Steven Tyler impression? Can you give me a little bit of I'm back in the saddle again? Do you know that song? (sighs) Sorry, everyone. I'm back in the saddle again! I know that's not how that song goes, but that's how it went for me today. Thankfully, over Zoom, I didn't Freedom! hear any of that, so I'll get Freedom! that in a few hours when I edit it. Hi, everybody. Welcome My daughter's back to Liv the Tyler. For the first time in a month, over a month, we're back on You Can't Disappoint a Podcast. Hi, everyone. I'm Zach, and I just got the part of Rick and Morty. <laughs> Hi, Zach. I'm Steven. And uh, I am one of the one of the people that auditioned, and I didn't they, I didn't get it. They said that they wanted somebody more culturally accurate to uh, be playing Rick and Morty. So they I didn't did get the skew job. white. 
They did they skew did. white. I get it. I get it. The sex criminal's out, but they're still going to skew white. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about that and a lot more today as we tell you what's been going on with us over the time that we've been gone and how if you miss us, you don't got it because we didn't really go anywhere and there's a ton of stuff now for you to check out. Don't call it a comeback. We've been here for years. Yeah. Well, you have to have been somewhere noteworthy to have a comeback. Oh, sure. We, 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 you have to have achieved glory in the first place. You don't think we have? <laughs> Welcome we've the... interviewed oh, at God, here we communities on Twitter. <laughs> Several times. He's been Several he's times. one of the most once without his knowledge. Yes. No, I mean he knew he was there. <laughs> uh he just didn't know the cosmic joke we were trying to achieve. Yeah. Boy did we. We'll we'll talk about all that. Everybody, welcome back to You Can't Disappoint a Podcast. It's a pleasure to be here again, here to talk to you about community. I have missed having episodes of community to talk about a little bit. Yeah. Everyone, I want to start off the show, as always, by shouting out our $10 and up patrons Let's over at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast, where we are still going strong. Those people are Danny M. Lugo, Mary Baker Budisa, Brian Thurman, Emmy Azrael, and Autumn Marsh. So thank Ooh, you to those people very much. It and may if you be wanna... winter, but we sure are grateful for Autumn and the rest of the gang. Absolutely. And if you want to help us take this further, patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast <laughs> uh we've got a lot of stuff going on there we'll talk about that in a second but i can't wait another moment it has been far too long since the ever so sweet name at communities on twitter Ooh. our proud community daddy has slipped out of my mouth and I'm so glad to finally be able to take daddy out of my mouth. It's been far too long. <laughs> uh, it's the equivalent of magical buildup. If we don't say daddy's name frequently enough, then we just burst. Even though they've all but disowned us since starting a not community podcast, mm -hmm. of course we are still grateful for everything Communities does for this podcast and for uh, the community fandom at large as it's an exciting time in the post-community announcement world. Yeah, we're, we're living in, in un, uncharted waters yeah. right now. Zach, we, we've Are not we? yet mapped this terrain. We don't no. know what's going to happen. Every day there could be a new bomb dropped on our metaphorical heads. I say metaphorical, of course, because Zach and I, as conjoined twins, uh, <laughs> share one head. Yes. Well, I'm happy to let everyone know that even though we aren't collaborating on a community project at this time, our community daddy is still very much a part of our life. Mm -hmm. um, he and we as an item are still very much in play. We're talking weekly routine late night visits without telling Steven or telling me which which one is getting the special treat that night. We're yeah. talking lots of time spent on a boat. Um, um, doing things that the boat is not sturdy enough for. We're no, talking. We take about on a lot of water. <laughs> long walks, hand in hand, as we walk through the local dump, looking for food. Uh, just all kinds of great, lovely, erotic times being spent day in and day out with our papa. I mean, we could just do a whole podcast talking about how his hand has guided us in our in our spirit and bodies over you know, the time Zach since we last spoke. Zach and I walked spoken. together. Spoken. 
last week uh, along the beach at sunset, and we looked at the ground. We saw three sets of footprints because there he was walking along with us. Thanks, Dad, for always keeping your your hand at our breast to uh, keep us lifted, uh, shifted, and properly sifted. What I haven't yet put together of this puzzle, yes, there were, in fact, three footprints, but next to the footprints there were, that weren't ours was also just a very long and girthy straight line being dragged mm-hmm. through the sand. Yeah. I don't know if maybe Papa was carrying some rope, but <laughs> he does often tend to leave that cast of, <laughs> of rope sand whenever we spend our, our our loving time together. And I think that's probably the part where Matt is like, oh, my God, fucking stop. <laughs> and we've made up for lost time, so let's move yeah. on. Hi, Steven. How are you doing? I'm good, Zach. How are you? I'm good. It's good to talk to you on this plane of existence. I know we haven't been in the in, in the you can't dis a pod uh-uh. office in a while. I'm another year older and wiser than I was when we last talked about community. That's and, true. And we're two men with a, a new podcast where we're growing older and wiser every single week. It's true. We're learning to be better people. We're we're growing in, in more ways than one. We're going to talk about that in just a second, and we're going to play for you the first episode in full on this feed of our newest podcast about The Good Place. But first, there's two items on the docket uh, in the community sphere that I want to get out while we're here because we rarely have time to talk about community right now. Uh, The movie is filming in June. Hey, happy birthday to me. Did you have a birthday since we stopped this podcast? No, no, no. In June. Oh, Nah, I'm busy that week. Um, (laughs) So apparently, as Joel McHale said, I think on Jimmy Kimmel, the community movie is going to film in June. I wanted to ask you, what do you think, and people listening, what does that mean when we think about is the movie coming out this year? I think that means that it's coming out early next year. I think they're probably going to be filming for a month or two. Yeah. A lot of editing, a lot of, you know, organizing deals with the peacock. Got to go to him, ruffle his feathers a little bit. I don't know how it all works in that office. Post-production takes a long time. And when you've got feathers in play, it takes even longer. Yeah. So I'm thinking maybe next March would be a, a time, you know, right right around Oscar season. Got to start your push early. Yes, I agree. I think if anything, if it's actually if they're pushing to get it out this year, it would be like Christmas time, like very, very end of the year, New Year's Eve type situation. But I think early next year sounds right. And I almost feel like with the recent development and Dan Harmon becoming a little bit busier on one of his other Mm -hmm. projects right now, I don't think it's going to mean anything drastically changes for the trajectory of the community movie but maybe he's dealing with some other stuff this month (laughs) and he maybe it will be early next year when we get the movie i don't know yeah i'm excited though because it means that you know it's it's closer to our grasp closer to learning more about what it's going to be about what the rollout's going to be is it going to be in a theater you know i'm I'm excited i have no idea what it's going to be and i'm really excited Mm mm-hmm and after hearing, okay, so our friend Alex did an interview with fucking Dan Harmon for Six yeah. Seasons in a podcast. Shout out Six Seasons. And obviously Dan didn't spoil anything about the movie, but he said a lot that reassured me that he's just not revisiting this on a whim. He's putting a lot of, of manpower into this needs to be done the right way. Mm-hmm. And that makes me feel good. Yeah, I'm very happy about that. 
But Dan's a busy man after we referenced it. So Justin Roiland was just outed of Rick and Morty. And it's not really community news, but it is community adjacent. So we'll bring it up for a second. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we don't need to have a discussion on what Justin Roiland did. But although he's not convicted yet in a court of law, it seems really bad and that uh, the behavior is long withstanding. Yeah. So he was removed from Rick and Morty, a show that honestly Dan Harmon probably was the much stronger creative voice. But mm-hmm. Justin voices Rick and the Morty voice, voice. Yeah. alongside a lot of our favorite side characters. Mm-hmm. So they're removing him and they're recasting these voices. What do you think? Because the show was already renewed through season 10. Yeah. A lot of people work on this show. And even though part of me is like just throw the whole thing out with the dude, I do also feel like people shouldn't directly be punished because he's an asshole and a lot of people that work for that show would be punished pretty hard lose their jobs because of the dalliances of their boss and i don't think that's exactly fair but what do you want out of rick and morty without justin roiland do you want people to do the same voices do you want to see new takes on the voices what do you think here's what i'll say there is precedent for things like this now not to the the last few years Absolutely. Of of that. But if we look at either shows that have recast um, characters to different to actors of a different race so that they were played more accurately. It's happened a or lot. Even going back to uh, there's an adult swim show. Was it Squidbillies or home movies? One of those I don't one know. of those shows they fired and recast one of the main characters. Um Hmm. As the show was going, I don't remember which one of those it was. I want to say Squidbillies, but it's funny that this is coming up. Well, not funny, but it's it's Time-wise, very uh, coincidental that yeah. I actually just watched a video right before all these allegations were brought to to the public light um, of Justin Roiland rating people doing Rick and Morty voices. And there are some guys that are good. There's there are some a guys that are really guy that's good. good. There's, a, there's one guy that, that has the exact same talking voice as Justin Roiland, and so his vocal range is the same, and he did an excellent job with the voices. Dan Harmon also does a really good Rick, not so much Morty, but he does Rick really well. Um, I think that especially in a universe like Rick and Morty's where there are infinite versions of them, it could very easily and not too distractingly be explained that the voices are slightly different. Now, would it take some getting used to? Would it be noticeable with the toxic Rick and Morty fan base shit on it? Absolutely. But I think it's plausible. Uh, But I don't think Justin Roiland, other than having a very specific bursting into a room with an energy and saying something that ends up in a script. I think as far as world building, as far as storytelling, that's far more what Dan Harmon has been doing on the show. So I don't think the quality of the scripts will change that much, and that kind of depends on how you feel about the last couple seasons of the show. Well, I I feel like especially the last season, I think, and really all the seasons of the show, you can really see Dan Harmon's just fingerprints all over it. And this season, I felt that a lot, for for better and worse. But I think that it definitely doesn't have the same tone as more Justin Roiland heavy writing projects. So I, I think that, that it, it's very plausible that it can still carry on in a way that is for the better. I completely agree. And I I just feel a little bit icky about full-on replacing him with someone that just sounds exactly like him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also, it would feel weird if the characters' voices were just drastically yeah. different than what they've always been. The thing that I saw that I thought was quite a fun idea, uh, someone on the, or a bunch of people on the internet have been saying Rick and Morty should be respectively Charlie Day and Danny DeVito. That would be fucking hilarious. Danny DeVito, who has a connection with Dan Harmon now, 
and Charlie Day, who is getting into the voice acting a little bit. Yeah, I think that'd be hilarious. I think their dynamic works enough to make up for the difference in voices, Mm -hmm. and their timbre are close enough where they could do the respective characters. Now, story-wise, I know you haven't seen the... Have you seen all of the most recent season yet? No, I haven't seen any of season season six. I've only seen through season five, so it'll be interesting watching the most recent season from the perspective that it's just Roland's last episodes. Um, There have been some pretty... Major story things that have kind of changed the dynamic of the show in the last season and a half or so. Like, I, I guess this isn't really spoiling because you've seen the the fifth season, but the the fact that there's two Beths now yes. um, is a thing that's pretty heavily involved in the sixth hmm. season. So it's very plausible that they could, whereas Rick and Morty are the ones that escaped their main timeline and, and went to this new one, you could have the rest of the family moving to a new timeline because this mm-hmm. Rick and Morty get either killed or corrupted or something, and that could be a really easy way that still continues what they've laid the groundwork for, um, but would give us a new Rick and Morty that would explain the voices being slightly different. It'll be interesting to see what they do. I almost yeah. would rather that they... Don't make a whole story out of it. I want them to make the show what they were going to make it already mm-hmm. and have a couple of meta jokes that are why they sound different and how much Justin Roiland sucks or something. Yeah. I, I don't you know. You just be like, be Morty's like, I went through puberty. Now I sound like this. Whenever you know? it comes back with the new voice actors, maybe we should do a Patreon thing or something to yeah. talk about the new episodes. That's all I have to say about that. Let's move on into the reasons we're really here, which is to advertise and sell you guys some shit, unfortunately. Uh, the first thing that I want to talk about is our new podcast is coming out every week, Into the Time Knife, a good place rewatch. Steven and I are diving into the great cult sitcom The Good Place. We've recorded four going on five episodes as the time of this episode of this podcast dropping. The first two, almost three episodes are out uh, wherever you get hey your yo. podcasts. So sink your teeth into it. It's been a lot of fun. I think it has everything that made this show what it was, and it has a few things that I think make it better than what this show was already. Yeah. What do you think about our new show, Into I love it. You know, I think knife. that it's, you know, with with, uh, with our, with You Can't Just Point a Podcast, we really dive in every nook and cranny and analyze the pores of each character's, you know, butt cheek, which is a beautiful thing. But I think we, we get to take a little bit... Um, more of an ethereal look at uh, The Good Place here. We're speaking more bigger terms, more of the themes of the show, the messages they're conveying, um, as well as still following the the story beats, of course. But I think it's a, you know, a little bit shorter of a podcast, very digestible, um, just as fun, just as funny, just a little bit more compact. You know, it's like when you get, uh, why have a 14-inch sub all the time when sometimes <laughs> you only got time to eat 12 inches, you know? And, and so you got to... You gotta, you know, it's it's great. You're More taking bang me for back to taking dad out of my mouth. Yeah, exactly. I can't, I can't handle all fourteen inches. No, <laughs> it's too much. But but I think that it keeps all the same things. Why why hopefully you guys enjoyed uh, our community podcast in in the good place. It's a it's a different show, but it's the the same great friendship, um, the same who? powerful conversations. Uh, yes. You know, me and our me and our editor are real close. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Um, no, I think the new podcast is going really well, and I hope you're saying that it's shorter and more compact. I think we're putting more work into making this new podcast good. Yeah. Than, not that we weren't on this one, but I think we're putting more work, not less. I think making it a little shorter was a very 
decisive mm-hmm. plan to make it better, and I think it is working. So I hope you guys check it yeah. out. And in a second, you're going to have to because we're going to play you the first episode. <laughs> we're still going strong over on Patreon, and patreon.com slash podcast is still the place to find us. Can't Disappoint Podcasts, in homage to our first show, this one, is yeah. what we're going to go by now. Yeah, so we, that's our big name. You know? we, we started with uh, with, uh, with one show. Now we've got three. Three. Yeah, you're correct. Four if you count. You can't disappear show. Sure. So, you know, it is becoming more of a network of shows. And, and it's kind of fun. It's cool. Lots yeah. of content for people to take in and listen mm-hmm. to. And on Patreon, there's still as much stuff as ever. And stuff is still coming out regularly. Currently, in, starting at $5, the Patreon is two weeks early on End of the Time Knife, which is mm-hmm. awesome. Uh, Brokeback Bebop is now a completed podcast with 40 episodes where you can follow as we dive through all 26 episodes of the original, all 10 episodes of the live action, and a couple of extra episodes here and there that was a ton of fun. We covered the movie. um, We did some rankings. We covered a secret lost episode of the original show. Um, That one's really fun and probably... It's the shortest and most unhinged of any of our shows. Yeah, absolutely. So go check that out. <laughs> and also on the Patreon, we do You Can't Disappear show still live every Monday, typically, before we record Into the Time Knife. We give shout-outs on Into the Time Knife, and as you heard earlier here, for that. And starting next week, we're beginning the search for the next Patreon-exclusive podcast as we finish Brokeback Bebop. So let me see what the date is, but Monday... Are we recording next Monday? Yeah. Monday, February 6th, we'll be telling you the four options that our patrons will be voting between to decide the next podcast we'll be doing on our Patreon, probably a rewatch podcast. So it's a great time to sign up for the Patreon so you can have a vote in that and help decide what we're going to be talking about. You can cater your Patreon experience with us in a new way. Yeah. It's it's a, it's going to be a... Uh, a great addition to our, you know, little podcast network we've got going on and, and a new flavor uh, for you guys to sink your tongues deep into. All right. So what we're going to do now is play the first episode of Into the Time Knife for you. You can find this podcast pretty much everywhere you get your podcast. You can also find the video of the podcast on YouTube every week on the Can't Disappoint Podcasts YouTube channel, which I think is really exciting and a a cool way to take this into a new territory. Um, I hope you check it out. We're going to play it for you now. And just a little hint for those always on, on the edge hoping for more Zach and Steven content. We're a few months away from a situation where there are two weekly free feed Zach and Steven rewatch podcasts every week. Every week. Coming a little bit later in 2023. That's pretty exciting. Yeah. So stay tuned for more. We'll come back on this feed, of course, to update the community movie news, anything uh, related to that that we need to talk about, and also to update you guys on what we're doing on the other feeds. Thank you for supporting this show. Thank you for coming back to spend a little bit of time with us here, and I hope you guys enjoy the first episode of our new podcast that we're very proud of, Into the Time Knife. Steven, let's get this thing started. Let's do it. Holy forking shirt ball, Zach. <laughs> We're here. We are here. I'm so excited, Steven. I, I'm ecstatic. I'm buzzing right now. I have an, a, way before we start anything, I just have a very important first question. Are we allowed to curse? You um, did just now, but are we allowed to say 
the word. So I think I, so, I, right? I kind of had a, a, a thought uh-huh. that, I, that I would suggest this to you, knowing that it'd be 100% your work. Oh, no. But to pre-record us saying, like, expletive, like, inserts instead of the actual cuss words. So instead of bleeping out the <laughs> F-bombs, you put, like, us actually saying fork in there every time. That's a great idea, but I don't think I'm going to do that. <laughs> I think we're just going to say fuck. Oh, my God. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Greetings. Welcome. We are here to dive into the time knife. We're very excited. It's the first episode, and we've got a lot to accomplish today. So let's get into it. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening. If this is your first time listening to the two of us, I say that's where we start. Let's talk just for a moment about ourselves and what we're doing here. And your life is more interesting. So I'll let you go first. Uh, hi, I'm Steven. I'm one half of Into the Time Knife. Uh, I love the good place. Uh, I live in Chicago. I'm a professional ballroom dancer and instructor. So that's fun. Um, it's so not made I, up. Totally real. No, yeah, it's a. That's it's what a, you do. That's it your sounds job. fake. It does sound fake. But yeah, I, I when I'm not philosophizing <laughs> the moral repercussions of my actions, sure. I'm normally dancing. And hi everybody out there. If this is our first time meeting, my name is Zachary. You can call me Zach if you nasty. Can we get your uh, last four digits of your social? Maybe your. Your first pet's name, mother's maiden name, all that would be um, great. You know, my life is not as interesting, and I feel like Steven's a secret agent or something. <laughs> Nobody is a professional ballroom dancer unless you're the guy that played Carlton on Dancing with the Stars. That's the only professional ballroom dancer I can think of. Shout out to Alfonso Ribeiro. Come on the show. Let's talk about it. Okay, my name's Zach. I'm not as exciting as Steven. I am a gig economy food delivery driver, but where I really come to life is in situations like now where I love more than anything in the world talking about, discussing ad nauseum, all types of media, film, television, movies, all of I said film and movies. I meant music. You know what I meant. I'm sorry, audience. <laughs> it's two minutes into the first one when I've just... Just fucked it up. Just blundered it. Well, Zach, I'm happy to see you coming to life because as uh, those that are near and dear to your heart know, you are a pile of wood for all Mm. other times until the microphone turns on and the headset straps itself onto you. That's when you really – you animate – and Guillermo del Toro (laughs) sits at your shoulder like a little devil and tells you what to do. Yes. (laughs) That's what happens in the movie, right? I haven't seen it yet. It's you haven't seen it's Pinocchio. I think you probably have an idea. But no, what I want to say about us before we move back into the good place is that Stephen and I have been what really close friends. I would say I don't I don't know if we're the best friends yet. Pump the brakes a little bit. But we've been very close friends for close to ten years, more than ten years at this point. And a lot of our bonding has been over the the television shows that we both love dearly. And if you are new to our little enterprise here, we just recently wrapped up our first podcast that we did together, which was about the television show Community, which was a big bonding point for Steven and I. And right along with that is The Good Place. Yeah, absolutely. I remember... When I watched every single episode of The Good Place as it aired the entire run. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching the first episode for the first time and just being blown away. It yeah. it both 
filled the hole in my heart that other shows like Community that I had loved and recently lost. Uh, it filled that hole in my heart while also pushing what I, I I almost hesitate to call this show a sitcom because it totally pushes and stretches what a sitcom is and it did it on a network. This is the type of show where to get the full grasp of it, you have to watch every single episode. It makes me think of a show like Arrested Development, which quite a bit before this tried and by a lot of metrics failed to do the everything's continuing and it's on Fox and you watch it every week. People didn't watch it at the time. People fell in love with it on streaming or Mm -hmm. when you could buy the DVDs and marathon it. Whereas The Good Place, it was on NBC. It just feels destined to be a Hulu or Netflix show. But I think that would have constrained it. Instead, it has all of the 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 stuff. I don't have a better word than stuff. It has all of the <laughs> stuff that you get when you're a network sitcom uh, to make it as good as it can be. And it still gets away with doing that. You have to watch every single episode for this to make sense. I'm rambling, but that's what we're going to do here. I think it's an incredible show that changes what a sitcom or what a network television program could be. Yeah, I remember watching, you know, this show together and talking about, like, how are they going to keep this up? How are mm. they coming up with such creative ways to tell this story? And I'm and excited twist to dive after into that. Twist. Yeah, so good. And, and in today's day and age of, of everything's been done before, it's really hard to do something new, and this was doing something new. So there's an elephant in the room as we very quickly begin our descent into talking about every episode of The Good Place. And that elephant is that this is a show that is twist after twist, and it gives you twists that reframe the way that you see everything that's happened before it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Namely, and I'm not going to spoil it here for you now, listener, if you don't want it spoiled, there is a big reveal at the end of the first season that in a lot of ways is like kind of the starting point for the show. That's like where it really gets going. Not to say that the first season isn't great. And that brings up this whole question of how do we talk about this show? Do we talk about it with the knowledge that we have of having seen that twist at the end of the first season? Or should we worry about our listeners that haven't seen it yet and don't want it to be spoiled? What are you thinking? You know, I think that The Good Place is such a such a mindfuck at times because <laughs> yeah. it absolutely flips everything that you once thought to be true or recently thought to be true on its head all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't want to ruin that experience for anybody who's listening along with us for the first time. Mm-hmm. But we also want to be able to talk about all the little tiny hints and clues that the that they left, you know, in the in the crevices of this world that they create. And so I think, Zach, we need to find a way to do a little bit of both. Yeah, I agree. Here's what I'm going to suggest, listener. I would recommend, as a base point for listening to this podcast, that you have seen the first season and are familiar yeah. with the twist. But if you haven't, we do want you to come along and do watch the show for the first time with us. So we will... Uh, uh, make sure that we keep the direct spoilers to the end of the episode, way at the end of the yeah, podcast. Yeah, we'll, we'll wait till after we'll you've had your, your fixin', we spoil had it. your fill, and just but, just after that second bite of dessert, that's when we'll throw the spoilers right in your face. But it's going to be hard to talk about this show at all without like hinting at that stuff, so that's why I said yeah. I recommend you watch the first season. Yeah. Because I'm sure there's going to be a lot of, well, pay attention to this, because this <laughs> sure is neat. 
Uh, but we're, we will be spoiling at least the end of the first season, but we're going to clearly tell you that we will be spoiling it, and we will do that at the end of each of these podcasts. Sound good? Sounds good. Okay, so you know us a little bit now, and trust me, it's just the tip of the iceberg. Steven and I, we, okay, so we live in different places. Steven lives in Chicago, and I live in our hometown in Indiana. And we don't get to see each other in person that often, but over the holidays, we did get to see each other in person. Mm -hmm. And we are just a tornado of volume and bits and... Raw, raw, just animal <laughs> magnetism. So this is just the tip of the iceberg. I hope you jump in with us and and get to know all of our weird layers. Oh, yeah. Before we start off the show for the first time and talk about the first episode of The Good Place, since this is our second podcast, Stephen and I have a Patreon to help support all of our podcasting endeavors. And part of that is that we've got to shout out our $10 and up patrons because we love them very much. And they're the reason that we're bringing you the second show into the time knife. So we've got to give a major shout out to Conversations with Robbie Sherman, Emmy Azrael, Mary Baker Budisa, and Danny M. Lugo, our $10 and up patrons over at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. There is countless hours of Patreon exclusive content for you to listen to over there and support starts at just $5 a month. So if you want to help us out, patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. Well, but the best part, Zach, yeah. is that becoming a patron gets you major points towards getting into the good place. That's true. That's because very you're true. supporting not only a, a small business, sure. but you're supporting two friends, interracial friends. Whoa, you're right. <laughs> so think That's about think about it. it. Basically, what he's saying is, don't be a racist. Yeah. Sign up for our Patreon. Come on, it's 2023. Okay, well, let's get into the first episode of the Good Place. Are you ready? Are you excited? I'm ready. We're going to be talking today about Season 1, Episode 1 of The Good Place. This episode is called Everything is Fine, much like the sweater that I'm wearing right now. Hey, says. This episode was directed by Drew Goddard, who throughout The Good Place directs several episodes, Dance Dance Resolution, A Girl from Arizona, Parts 1 and 2, and he's also directed a few films, The Cabin in the Woods, which is a... Hey, that's a, a good movie. ...movie that I really, really like. And he also directed a movie a couple years ago that I wanted to see but didn't get to called Bad Times at the El Royale. Hmm. Do you know that one? I've heard of it. And this episode was written by the creator of the series, Michael Schur. Uh, he wrote throughout the series the season one finale, Michael's Gambit. Past that, he wrote the episode Somewhere Else, Everything is Bonzer, Part 1, Whenever You're Ready, the series finale, Parts 1 and 2. And also throughout the series, he directed some episodes, Michael's Gambit, Somewhere Else, Pandemonium, Whenever You're Ready, Parts 1 and 2. And aside from that, he is a big name in television comedy over yeah, the last 15 is. years. Not to mention that he plays the character of Moe's on The Office. Mm -hmm. That's Mike Schur. He also was a writer on 138 episodes of Saturday Night Live. Wow. And he wrote two episodes of a show called The Comeback. I wrote this down just because I really like it. Do you know that show? I don't. It's a short-lived HBO comedy with Lisa Kudrow that's hilarious. It had like one season oh, in the early I've heard of that. 2000s right after Friends, and then they brought it back for one season like years later. He wrote 10 episodes of The Office, and he's also one of the creators of Parks and Recreation and Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah. So that's what a, a man that's stacked resume. put his stamp on television comedy and i would be comfortable saying that none of them do what the good place does yeah i it, what's crazy is you, is you listed off all those shows that are all-time greats and are so funny 
But of the list, The Good Place stands out to me because not only is it just as funny as the best moments of any of those shows, but it has so much heart, it has so much meaning, and it takes such a a thoughtful look at life, death, and everything in between and after. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It's a crazy show. I'm excited to talk about it. I can't wait to go through this show again. Uh, my significant other and I, their name's Lil, this was one of the very first TV shows we ever watched together. So it even, I think it was the first TV show wow, we watched together. So it has that significance too. The thing I didn't mention, this episode originally aired on September 19th, 2016. Heck yeah. It's crazy to believe that it's like six and a half years. Yeah. That's crazy. Okay, so what we're going to do are here, we've got some segments for you. On our shows, you know, I don't like to call him out this early into the podcast, but Steven can be a little bit easy on the details, you could say. <laughs> Would you agree or do you, do you get angry that I say that about you? No, you know, I think I I, I, I tend not to stress about things, Zach, Yeah, and I like to be the the yang to your ying yeah because you know? i'm stressing about everything exactly and so yeah. i have to be the the current that flows around the rocks so really what this first segment that we're going to be doing is that i have no faith in steven that he puts the right amount of preparation into doing these podcasts <laughs> i just don't buy it so to like quell that fear in me we're going to begin every episode of the good place by having Steven recap it for us, a 20-second recap, where both you'll get to hear all of the ins and outs of the episode we're here to talk about, and I'll get to harshly grade, with a letter, as I will, uh, how how well Steven paid attention this week. Are you ready to get into it? I think, I think I'm game, Zach. Okay. I think that I, I have the, the feelings in my heart. I'm, 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 I'm just chocked full of shrimp, <laughs> and I'm, I'm ready to go. Your bra's just stuffed with, Absolutely with shrimp, with shellfish. seeping. With so, shellfish. for the first time here on Into the Time Knife, we're going to find out, did, did Steven, Steven watch the episode Watch the this episode week? this week. You don't need to do that. The segment has music. So, for this those is... of you who are hearing us for the first time, Steven is going to have exactly 20 seconds to recap everything that happened in Everything is Fine, the first episode of The Good Place. And this show does not waste much time, so you've got it out for yourself. Yeah. How are you feeling? You know, Zach, I've seen this episode lots of times. The yeah, show me too. I, I know yeah. well. I feel like I can do it. I, I'm confident I want you to do that well. I'm going to start strong. Uh-huh. And I'm going to finish stronger. I believe in you. Let's it's, finish It's the dawn of a new day. Today. It's yeah, the dawn of year, a new year. New show. It's the dawn of a new life. I'm going to count you in on go. Mm -hmm. Are you ready, my friend? Yeah. All right. Three, two, one, go. Everything is fine. Eleanor wakes up. And she's dead, but she's in the good place, so it's okay. She did lots of great things in her life, but psych, she didn't do any of those great things in her life. She was a bad, bad person. There was a mix-up. She got killed by those, by that uh, truck, but she's, oh. al <laughs> she's alive. And she meets Chidi, who's her soulmate, but Chidi's a ethics guy, so he's going to help her. 
You started really well. I started great. And All it I... takes is one hiccup. I should have. I should. I would like to strike my oh boy from the record because I'm sure that didn't help. It did not. You know, help. <laughs> sorry, my friend. You really threw off my groove. This you don't my get first. another this try. This is my though. debut. You don't get a second to one. some of these people, Zach. That's what I've got to think in this grade. I think if this were a run of the mill episode, that would have been fine. But as the first showing on the first episode of our new podcast. I think I needed to hear anything about Michael or Janet. Um, I think the the party, the storm at the end of the episode, mm-hmm. there is quite a bit that you left out there while at least getting Eleanor's stuff fairly well. Yeah. So I think that's going to be a B. Wow. Thank you. I'll take it. Okay. How good of you. All right. Well, one segment out on to the next one. And what is that, Stephen? What are we going to do next? Uh, next, we've got it's time for – Act trivia. That's right. Everyone's favorite immune system supporting yogurt slash trivia brand, I guess, mm. is back to sponsor this next segment of trivia on our podcast. Often we'll get sent because, you know, when you have brand deals on big national podcasts like <laughs> ours, we have been mentioned in Newsweek, if it's you didn't true. know that. Check us Not out. for this podcast, but we have. We're right? big fucking uh, often deals. Often when we get these big product deals like at Trivial, they'll send us just cases and cases of free product. Honestly, they send too you much. cases? I just get barrels of the yeah, stuff. Yeah, just cases. And it's too much because it. I'm not a fan of the product. Mm-mm. It's yogurt, but it's not like any yogurt I've ever tried. It's yogurt. Uh, what, what flavor was, was spinning around your barrels this week when you got your shit? Well, mine actually came in special, like, insulated barrels because uh-huh. – they sent me the frozen yogur this this week, Zach. It's the Actrivia frozen yogurt flavored yeah. uh, product. Um, and you may be wondering, well, what flavor of frozen yogurt? That's the bit. That's how they get you. It's that just yogurt you. flavored. You don't but know. But it's frozen. It's just, it's really cold. Uh, I, I did get frostbite on my tongue. Talk so about frozen taste. yogurt. Wow. Yeah. They, they delivered their promise. frozen yogurt. It's really frozen. Well, you know, it's interesting. I was so excited to get my new flavor to taste on the show today of Actrivia yogurt. And all I got was an envelope in the mail with a note that said, keep your fucking mouth shut. <laughs> Actrivia. So I'm going to leave it at that. Let's do that was, that was That was me. <laughs> for the first episode of The Good Place. You got my Christmas card. <laughs> we talked a little bit about how many questions each of us have written down. I have a lot more than you. How do you want to do this? Uh, why don't you just go first, Zach, because you wanted to, I don't know, sit in the front of the Sh- class show today. how big of a boy I apple. am as far as trivia is concerned. Okay, first question of the podcast, first trivia question. What bottle did Eleanor drop right before she died? What bottle did she drop? It was Lonely Gal Margarita, margarita Mix. There's two words at the end of that. Lonely Gal Margarita Mix... You give up? Yeah. For one. Ah. But good job. I'll take that. Damn. Do you want another one? Do you want to go? How many do you have? Like 10-ish. Oh, fuck, Zach. Yeah, throw me I have eight. One. I have eight questions. Yeah, throw uh, me My second one. one, what is Doug Forsett's best friend named? Todd? No. <laughs> no. That's going to be <laughs> Randy. Ah, damn. Um, well, go what ahead. pattern... Is on Michael's tie in the opening scene. Oh my goodness! What a question. Mm-hmm. I don't know. 
Ah, that is peacock <laughs> feathers. I don't know why we do this segment. I don't either. <laughs> uh, my it, next two, I suppose. What do you say? Go for it. Oh, okay. Uh, how many that? people are in? Uh, excuse me. What was that? Either you, I heard a little mummer. Go for it. Okay. Zach. Now hold the fuck on. <laughs> okay. How many people are in the neighborhood? I almost did this one. Michael gives us. And I was like, I'll remember it when number. Zach asks it. Uh, well, where is it? 381? No, but you're in the right 100, but you're on the wrong end. 332. Of it. Oh, no. No, but you're close. You're 10 away. 322. There you go. There's. Was that? That's one so far. No, that's like two. <laughs> anyway, I'll give you another one. In the wall of actions and point values, what action has the most negative point value? Murder? Yeah, but that's not the right answer. Killing your priest. It's commit a genocide. Oh, Had mass murder. by far the, the highest bad or one. lowest point value, I suppose. Go ahead. Uh, what percent correct was Doug Forsett? 92? Yeah, bingo. Nice. Circle gets the square. Uh-huh. Big pair of socks for, for Daddy Zacky. What is the good place sponsored by? Good place. Sponsored by is it like a bit from the show yes of course that's all of these questions frozen yogurt no brought to you by otters holding hands falling oh asleep. yeah that was cute i'll give you another one what style is eleanor's dream home designed in icelandic minimalist that's really close do you want to guess again or do you want me to tell you yeah you got that part right I don't know if you'll get the word. Sim- but you're so simplest. Close. You're so close. That's not it. That's pretty much it? what you said the first time. Uh, primitive. Primitive. Damn. Um, Icelandic primitive style. What two products did Eleanor sell? Um, this is my next question. Um, but I'm not gonna look. I know that one of them silver because we aim it towards seniors. Mm-hmm. Is it Naza? Pro? Naza Pro and Naza Pro I almost Silver. Said you got Max. It. Nice. And that was your last question? I have you... one more. Okay. Well, I've got one more. How long has Michael been an apprentice? 200 years? It's actually not right. 400 years. Well, maybe, but you were right on the number, but it's over 200 years. Over 200 so years. So saying 200 years is just wrong. Well, hmm. he has been one for 200 years. That's true. So, what's your last that? Um, what university is on Eleanor's pajamas? Oh, I almost wrote this down. Well, it's got to be Arizona State. Is it not? It's got to be an Arizona university for sure. I don't know. You dumb state. Dumb, (laughs) dumb. I'm just gonna guess schools I know the name of. You're so wrong. You couldn't be more wrong. You're not even the right region of the. Forking countries, Zach. Well, stop shaming me and tell me. Okay? University of Michigan. Go blue. Go Wolverines. Come on, okay. Zach. But it's uh, the law school because that's where the good Eleanor went. I don't know how to judge who did better today, um, who got more right. You got one. You got two <laughs> of them right, but one of them was a question that you had, so I don't yeah, know if that counts. Right. 
Well, we're going to test it further later in the show, and we'd like to encourage you, if you're listening, follow us on Twitter at TimeKnifePod because we'll make calls when we're about to record a new episode for you to email us in your trivia. Yeah, have so your phone handy. Mind. We're going to call you. You can follow you us on Twitter, TimeKnifePod, and the email's the same, TimeKnifePod at gmail.com. And we've got one more segment before we're just going to kind of freely talk through the episode, and that is our favorite lines from the episode. I wrote down quite a few, so I think let's just go rapid fire. Rapid fire. Hit one, then I'll it. do one. You go ahead. Um, did I have a purse? No, I'm dead. I like right. that. I have, um, I'm great. Thanks for asking. Oh, one question. Who are you? Where am I? And what's going on? <laughs> um, I really like when, uh, Chidi and Eleanor asked Janet like to see what was happening in the good place, what it's like. She's like, I can't tell you, but I can play this audio clip, and you just hear someone go, ah. "The bear has two mouths." They talked about that on the audio commentary. Uh, that's one of the writers. Nice, uh, Megan good. Amram, who's like a, a really good comedy writer. Okay, so I've got. I wrote down a lot of things that Michael says. I think Ted Danson has such perfect line delivery that makes Michael one of my favorite characters. So I've got. Funny enough, the first EMT to arrive was an ex-boyfriend of yours, and then he kind of trails off. It's funny. That was a good one. Fire off a couple of Michael lines. Oh, you didn't write that many, did you? No. I've got so many. Um, when he's talking about Doug Forsett, he's very famous around here. I'm very lucky to have that, the way he's at. <laughs> uh, people love frozen yogurt. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, what, what happens to everyone else, you ask? Don't worry about don't it. Don't worry about it. Um, and I also thought it was really funny when Michael's talking to Eleanor and he's like, excuse me, I have other people to attend to. And then he leaves her. I thought that was funny. That's good. Um, I've got a bunch more. How many do you have? Um, I have two more. <laughs> okay. Your job was to defraud the elderly, the sick and elderly. That's <laughs> cheaty. Um, go ahead. I really liked uh, when she's trying to say Cheaty's name right after she's mm -hmm. trashed and you know made a scene. Uh, but when she goes, Agano Commanda, that <laughs> one made me lose it. Um, I guess he just didn't want to have sex with me. That's correct. That's, That's okay. Correct. I wasn't really interested. You were. That's funny. <laughs> I'm Janet is so great. Anything Janet, Janet so says is instantly towards the top. I have a bunch more lines. Let me read off my lines. Go for it. Yeah, and then go we'll for get it, into, Zach. Then we'll I'll talk through the episode. read off your lines. We'll talk through the episode. Let me. Can I? May I? <laughs> Can I riff? I'm in a perfect utopia, and I have a stomachache. Super iconic, <laughs> cheaty line. Tells a lot about his character. Uh, Tahani talking about Eleanor's house. It's like a little child's plaything, or for a family of mice, or a little dog's house. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Uh, this is a great Eleanor line, probably my favorite Eleanor line of the episode. I never found a wallet outside of an IHOP and thought about returning it, but saw the owner lived out of state, so I took the cash and dropped the wallet on the ground. That what was really would you funny. do in that situation, Zach? I have had my wallet, had the cash taken, and then the wallet left on the ground, so I think I can return the favor. <laughs> nice. Um, I'm an utterly perfect cartoon giraffe. That's a good one. Um, okay, that's my lines. Um, I like when Eleanor is, like, describing how the people there, and she's like, "There's a this can't they can't all be that great. There's a couple of chunksters in there. And why it made me laugh so hard. <laughs> Well, let's talk about the episode. Let's have a conversation about the episode. And I think there's no better place to start than to talk about Eleanor, to talk yeah. about Kristen Bell. It's She does such a great job in this episode, and she's all over it. Her, com her comedic timing is really good. And they both manage to show us 
how much of a sleazeball Eleanor is or could be or still can be, but yet instantly you're in on her con of not really belonging here, and you want her – you don't want her to go to the bad place. You want her to figure it out. We like Eleanor even though we're given multiple reasons why she's not the best person. Well, yeah, I think it's like – it's so clever because from the very beginning, like, Eleanor is kind of like, oh, she's quirky. Mm-hmm. Wow, she's done all these great things. But the second that, you know, she's not with Michael, she's like, uh, this is not right. Something's yeah. bad. Oh, no. And and but, but we're not led to be against her. She's so likable from the beginning and so charming yeah. that you're like, oh, <laughs> no, I got to help her out. We, I hope she doesn't get found out, you know? It's a really it, – especially for a show that – the hook for the show is going to change a bunch of times. Mm -hmm. Like what the main goal is changes five, six times throughout the show. That's a great way to start it with Eleanor. We care about her and we want to see her figure a way out of this. It's, it's almost hard to go back and look at it this way because we know all of the stuff that comes after it. But I remember just being instantly hooked on that first episode. Instantly you're in on this story, this world, you want to figure out how it all works and how she can find her place there great job uh and honestly that opening scene where eleanor wakes up and she has the chat with michael in his office is just incredible writing so good all of the information we learn about eleanor having died the conversation about who was right and who was wrong i think this show's take on the afterlife and and with that it's lack of religion and God and stuff like that, but also it's not in any way discounting any of that either. Yeah. I think they find a way to make this version of the afterlife believable while also being something separate from the conversation we're having as a people about the afterlife. I think totally. it's just genius and the way that he uses Michael and the way that Ted Danson performs Michael in that opening scene with Eleanor, it's just great. It just tells you everything you need to know in a way that doesn't feel – well, Eleanor needs the exposition because she's just woken up there. So we feel comfortable being told all of this by Michael. I just yeah. think it's really great. Those two actors against each other in this show is just tops. Well, and I think that it does them the benefit that this is a new world for every character that's in it. And mm-hmm. so just as they'd be discovering things, it lets us discover things along with them, which helps play to the fact that we find out things as soon as they do. We're not in on <laughs> yeah. any more information than any other character other than, you know, what Eleanor tells us. But it, it makes it so cool because it keeps us in that state of, okay, this is a new world. Mm-hmm. Okay, you tell me things work this way. Okay, that's my understanding now because I'm seeing it happen. Okay, that's what's going on there. That's who that is. And it's, 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 it's so cool because it just sets us up without even knowing that we're being set up for all the different things we Absolutely. find out about Eleanor and all the other characters. What do you think about that specifically, the conversation on, okay, so who was right? Well, let's see. Hindus are a little bit right, Muslims a little bit, Jews, Christians, Buddhists. Every religion guessed about 5%, except for Doug Forsett. Who's Doug Forsett? Well, Doug was a stoner kid who lived in Calgary during the 1970s. One night he got really high on mushrooms and his best friend Randy said, hey, what do you think happens after we die? And 
Doug just launched into this long monologue where he got like 92% correct. And <laughs> we couldn't believe what we were hearing. That's him actually right up there. He's pretty famous around here. What do you think about that take on it? I think that, you know, that's probably what it's going to end up, you know, being if there's something after we die is a, is a, is a mix, a hodgepodge. You know, I think that it also is a clever way writing wise to be like, yeah, there's some aspects that are right about all this, but really, and then they immediately subvert it to keep it from going down that hole to this guy over here, actually, this uh, Canadian guy, Doug, he was the most spot. He got on. really high on mushrooms <laughs> and rattled off what it was. <laughs> I like to think that there might be some truth in that. That I know. Maybe... I, I think that, that, you know, we all have those thoughts when we've had a, a wonderful evening time. Just dumb, high, and Yeah, and you're like, ah, I've figured it out. But yeah. one of them, like, odds Someone's are somebody gotta. who's done it is right, right? That's so funny. <laughs> I love how... Doug Forsett is just this loser, but Michael idolizes him, and I love his, oh, I'm so lucky to have his painting up on my wall. I, I, I'm really lucky to have that. I think it's great. Yeah. What do you think about, okay, something that I thought watching the episode this time was how it's about people that have died, and they're all really young, and yeah. that's really tragic, and the show doesn't make it... Somehow this show about all these young people <laughs> dying is uplifting and wholesome and not depressing in such as the way we learn Eleanor dies is well, incredibly it, silly. Walk I me through it. What are all the steps? Do you remember? I think that we – oh, when she died. Yeah. So she was in the parking lot. She dropped her margarita mix for one. She gets shopping cart hit, hit by the shopping cart. She stops it. Then she gets hit by a – in Gorgilax. In Gorgil like a, a billboard male enhancement. Truck or something. It's a male enhancement truck. Yeah. Yeah. Gets hit by it, then her ex shows up. Yeah, it's addict. just so silly. I think it's it's cool because we all, you know, regardless of what you believe, want the comfort that something after we die will happen that gives us comfort. Whether it's even if it's just knowing what that is. Yeah. Right? Because that's something that nobody knows. You want it alive. to hit you in a way that just feels oh right yeah this is how it yeah, is yeah like if and you I told me that after i die i get to go to my dream neighborhood and be with my soulmate and have anything i want at beck and call and it's and it's just peaceful that sounds great i could sleep easy if that were the case you know so yeah we learn eleanor is in the good place i really gosh i love how the kind of childlike wonder that Eleanor has in the beginning of this episode that like when you're stripped of your life that you kind of do just revert to this little ooh what is this who am I yeah. where am I and I love the the really sweet way that she asks if she's in the good place or the bad place when she's like am I eh, or am I eh? <laughs> and Michael's like don't worry about it you're in the good place and all I'll say is Everything Ted Danson does is intentional. Yeah. Well, and the way I, I he love delivers... even the, the first thing you see when you open your eyes is everything is fine. Right? That and says that just, everything. Yeah. It's great. About and the it show. gives you like, oh, okay, everything's fine. I'll but go with also it. the sarcastic nature of that too. Yeah. Uh, well, I, without spoiling anything, I'll liken it to how we learn that this is Michael's first time 
architecting is architecting a word? I don't think so. His first time putting together a neighborhood. Yeah. So he's thinking, okay, well, when they first die and wake up, they're going to be scared. Just put in huge letters. Everything, <laughs> everything is, fine, is fine. And then I don't have to worry about it. They'll understand. I think well, that's and, really and we funny. see that kind of. I don't know if, if for sure he says those words, but I'm sure he does when the storm happens and Tahani's like, what's going on? He's like, everything is fine. Everyone, like, calm down. But, you know, it's, it's him echoing those words in a very different tone than when you first wake Absolutely. up. Absolutely. Everything's fine, but nothing is fine in that moment. <laughs> um, so Michael starts showing Eleanor around the neighborhood, and I love the set that they use as the neighborhood in this show. It's got such a sunny look. It's interesting when a setting can hold the warmth and feelings that a show gives you. Like yeah. you just look at that setting and you're like, that's the good place. Absolutely. I love it. And and uh, Michael still kind of misunderstanding what humans like and don't like, just filling <laughs> the place with frozen yogurt places. And Michael's like, I don't know what to tell you. People love frozen yogurt. <laughs> it's really funny. Because you know he the... did the research. He's like, okay, what do the most people like? Ah, frozen yogurt. Everyone likes frozen yogurt. I don't think anybody loves frozen yogurt, though. But nobody hates frozen yogurt. That's true. I mean, it's not ice cream, but it's still something. It's not ice cream, but it is still something. <laughs> you can put all kinds of shit on it. Yeah. That's what it's all about. There are a few moments in the episode that really stand out to me as being not just iconic moments in this show, but also iconic moments in television. First, just being that opening scene with mm -hmm. Michael and Eleanor. And then the next being the orientation video of yeah. Michael explaining the point system. And, okay, so for me in 2016... I was in a much different place in my spiritual enlightenment journey. Mm -hmm. I'm sure talking about this show, Stephen and I's spiritual life is going to come up a lot. We yeah. were both raised in the Midwestern church, and, mm -hmm. and the way that it influences our life today is quite different for yeah. each of us. Um, and, and I think that as an angsty kid in 2016, when this show came on, and I was like, how are they going to be able to do a afterlife show and make it make sense? In that orientation video, it just makes perfect sense that there's this code to the world and every action has a reaction. Mm -hmm. Everything you do, everything you do from uh, letting the sink run while you brush your teeth instead of turning it off to save water to every little good detail you do like – I don't know, let someone go ahead and go at the stoplight yeah. or something or whatever, that it all has a little value and that grows and grows over your whole life and nobody's really a good or a bad person. But at the end of the day, it's numbers. It's yeah. not magic. It's it's hard fact in this world. Mm -hmm. Of course, that brings up the questions that this show will play with a lot like, well, who decides what's worth what and who is the one running all of this and how yeah. good of a plan is this? But as far as a first episode, I think it just makes perfect sense that that's what happens in this world. If you if you do enough good, you'll get rewarded. And if you do enough bad, you'll get punished. They make it simple. Well, and I think a good pilot answers enough questions that you know where you are, but makes you but asks even more questions that make you want to find out the answers. Right. And I think this does that. Okay, why is everyone here? How do you select who's in what neighborhood? Yeah. Why are they going to find out where's the real Eleanor? You know, we, mm -hmm. we get all these questions 
that we want to ask immediately and we we want to stick around to find out the answers well luckily when this episode first aired they aired the first two episodes back to back the good place did good stuff with that but we're only going to be doing this show for a year so i want to make the best of every single episode so we're just focusing on the first year um after that uh michael and eleanor walk off together and she's about to see her house for the first time but before that we get the conversation where Eleanor asks, so who would I be surprised that made the good place and the bad place? And Michael pretty much says, well, every artist ever yeah. goes to the bad place. What do you take of that? What do you think they're trying to say there? Well, I think when somebody acquires fame and money, they stop doing a lot of the things that are good. Yes, some people give to lots of charity, but you also are, are living a different lifestyle. A lot of selfish actions that, it, that yeah, and I might think bring that your probably point is down. why a lot of them ended up there. A lot of them are also tortured people, mm-hmm. drug addicts, you know, people that did or said a lot of bad things, but made art that people appreciated or enjoyed. It kind of makes me think of what I have always, I have always thought, even as a little kid who was like scared of hell, that heaven just sounds boring like it's gonna be a bunch of boring ass people and it's just gonna be church all day and it's gonna suck (laughs) while all the cool interesting people with all the fun bad stuff to do are gonna be in hell sign me up (laughs) okay so michael says to eleanor the reveal of hey well you're a good person you deserve to be here more than all of those people because you were a lawyer who helped get innocent people off of death row Death, what, dead, death Row, right? Death, death Row. row. Jethro, just like, I just think like is Kim his Kardashian. Name. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and Eleanor, man, one of the things I love about Kristen Bell is her facial expressions in this episode. Yeah. She does such a good job of not showing her real freaking out when Michael says, You were this. Well, lawyer. she's a great liar. Yeah. And she sees her home which she immediately notices compared to her neighbor, which ends up being Tahani's house, Mm -hmm. or all of the other houses in the area. It's this really tiny kind of, oh, just a nice little regular home, and she feels bad about that because it's heaven. Everybody gets whatever they want, and she has to have this tiny little ugly house because she is pretending to be someone that she is not. Yeah. Um, and I even had the thought that like that house is fucking huge. Eleanor's house. Once you yeah. got on the inside of it, I would love to live in a house that size, <laughs> even as my heaven best case scenario. Yeah. Even with all of the, let's talk about the house, all of the weird things that Ooh. were meant for someone else that just work to annoy Eleanor, like yeah. the weird ledge to get up to the bedroom. Oh my God. Yeah. I thought that was cool. It's space saving. Um, of course, the clowns. The clowns are a no-go for me. Talk a little bit about how you feel about clowns. So I really don't fuck with clowns. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say I'm scared of them. Yeah. I just have no interest in being around. I don't think they're funny. I think that they're like... You are scared of them. No, I just don't like them. They're just bad. It's a bad thing to be a clown. If you were in a parking garage yeah. late at night, nobody uh-huh. around, clown shows up. Is your first I'm s- thought, I'm going to die? Yeah. It's no, it's I'm about to beat the hell out of a clown. Yeah. That's for damn sure. I'm fighting. <laughs> no questions. Uh, even if he ends up just being like a, a I don't clown care if it's a little kid clown sneaking his shoes on his way back to his car in the parking garage. You're just gonna go beat the shit out of him. Yeah, absolutely. I'm seeking him out. I'm like Liam Neeson, but instead of black people, I'm looking for clowns to beat up. I have a very particular set of skills. <laughs> skills make me a nightmare for clowns like you. Okay, so what's the what's the method? What's like the weapon that? How you take out a clown? Most calls to a clown. What? Yeah. 
I think you gotta you gotta you gotta splash way. water on them. Seltzer I think that's water. well, not necessarily. That's they have that. I'm just going straight, just tap water right on the. <laughs> I want to start. I want to make their makeup run, get it burned in their eyes. I've already I got go a better story wig. than you. Keep going. Go ahead. What? That's your. I've got a better story than you. You've got a better. You got a better one than me, Zach. Yeah. Here's what you do. You got you, a little flower on your lapel. Mm-hmm. You ask the clown to come. No, because I'm not a fucking clown. No, Zach, yeah. you're talking like a clown you, right now. You've are you one of them? Oh, in this show right now, Zach, are you a clown? You have to tell me. <laughs> I would tell you if I was a clown. You have to tell me if you're a clown. I would love. tell you if I was a clown. Listen to me. You've got a flower on your lapel. You bring the clown over you for a sniff. They will not be able to resist. You spray them gasoline. You, Oldest you hit, clown trick in the book, Zach. You hit that with the lighter. That clown's on fire. Problem solved. You can't burn a clown. Have you ever seen Dumbo? <laughs> They're firemen. I truly have not seen Dumbo. Oh, the clowns are scary firemen there. There's like fire and shit. Is there racist stuff in Dumbo? Probably. All right. Let's get back into the good place. Uh, I really like the idea of being... Oh, actually, I don't know. I like the way it looks in a film, but I don't know if I would actually want to have the screen where you can access all your memories. How do you feel about that? Oh, not a chance. You don't want to relive anything? No. Well, I just feel like I've done we, it We've talked about this before, though, Have because we? some people are very nostalgic and hold on to those things. I feel like I am not that type of person. Like, I, I enjoy, like, sure, I love Sesame Street, but that doesn't mean that I want to sit down and watch the Sesame Street that I liked as a kid. You Steven, know I mean? we literally what we do here is watch things that we like <laughs> again. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I'm not really nostalgic, but I sure do remember exactly where I was and exactly <laughs> how I felt the first time The Good Place aired. No, I'm, I'm with you. I think I am a nostalgic person, mm-hmm. but not to that point. I definitely don't want to go back and live anything again or watch things. I think, I think all, I'd just be sad. And, like, as an artiste, I think <laughs> all I would notice are the mistakes. Yeah, there would be no solace in watching it. It would just be boom in the shot, boom in the shot. What could I have done? Yeah, yeah. Mm. There was a boom in the shot at all the best moments of my life. <laughs> I think the moment that Michael shows back up and brings Chidi into yeah. Eleanor's home, William Jackson Harper is just adorable. I love He's him. He's so cute. Chidi's so, so cute. cute. He's a star. I'm Chidi Anagonye. And you are my soulmate. Cool, bring it in, man. <laughs> now, excuse me. I have other people to attend to. One of the great sadnesses of the beginning of this show is how earnestly Chidi wants to be with his soulmate because he didn't get to have one while he was yeah. alive. And instantly, that's kind of taken away from him because he's not with the person that he was really supposed to be with. And I just find that so sad. It's that, so sad. And Chidi doesn't yeah. complain. He doesn't – he's like, okay, I'll help you. Like, well, you're right my away. soulmate. I have to do what I have to do. Yeah. It, it really makes me feel for Chidi because all you want is to see him find that partner, find mm-hmm. someone that he can truly be happy with and to feel comfortable with and to not feel just – wrapped up in a stomach ache every time they they bring something to him uh it, it makes me sad but yeah. it's a great place to begin the journey of that character who if you had to look at this show and say 
Well, if this is a hero's journey, who's the hero? I think it, it it's it, obviously Chidi. in Eleanor a lot of ways, but Chidi is a big, big part of mm-hmm. that. I really like how honest Eleanor is with Chidi. Right from yeah, the beginning, from the Eleanor's right beginning. like, you promised me that we're in this, we're going to figure this out. He says yes, and so he she tells him that that it's a mistake and that she's not supposed to to be there and and Chidi just freaks out does not know how to react to that and it's one of many Chidi anxious kind of freakouts that we get throughout the show and it's fun to see him in that mode yeah i i love the the Chidi freakout his stomach starts hurting he starts like you can see his brain just like crunching every bit of information that he has and knows and not liking any of it that's yeah. in front of him. Yeah, literally Chidi at all times is the meme of the equations and stuff over yeah. someone thinking every moment <laughs> of every day is Chidi. So they walk off away from their home and they're kind of talking plans and Chidi suggests that they ask Janet some vague questions to learn about the bad place or like maybe what would happen if, if Eleanor was caught out. And that's when we meet Janet, played Darcy by Carden, Darcy what a Carden. Star. Janet, we're not going to dive into it too much in this episode because Janet's only in it for a moment. And this whole show is going to be us heaping praise onto that character yeah, and to that performance. But just in this, I love the idea of... I don't know. There are so many movies and TV shows that try to do something crazy and zany with like the Siri Alexa concept and it always kind of comes off corny but for whatever reason Darcy Carden with the way that she's dressed with the way that she speaks as this human equivalent of a completely impartial encyclopedia it just works from the second you meet her it just works it is incredible what do you think I think Janice one of my favorite characters I think that even in this first episode, she shows that she's a little bit more than a Siri. You think so? Because a Siri just get answers where do you your get questions. That? What? I, I'm interested where you get oh, that from because, because I don't in this one. You know, she when you ask Siri, you have to ask her a question, and then Siri yeah. answers the question. But Janet goes above that. Like Eleanor is like, "Oh, that guy is he gay?" And Janet's like, "No." And she's like, "Oh, well, he must not have just did that." And Darcy's like, "Yep." That's exactly what it is. Like she's adding that extra on top bit of information that's not asked for. But we're definitely still purely just giving information because she has all of it. There's no emotional reasoning behind her saying something to Eleanor there. But she is more than just Siri. It it, because Siri, you have to ask a question exactly the right way to get Mm -hmm. the response that you want. Whereas Janet can answer you anything about anything. I love that. Chidi's talking about you can ask her anything about the universe, about the world, and all Eleanor cares about is if her crush was gay. It's a <laughs> really, really funny moment. It's amazing. I think Janet's such a great character. And she also, like, you could make the hero's argument, uh, the hero's journey argument for any of these characters because yeah. all of our main characters go from from unassuming to hero of the story at different moments. And I can't wait to track Janet's... Uh, uh, progression throughout the series and to really watch it closely in the way we do when we talk about these characters every single week on these TV shows. I think it's going to be a fun one to track. Oh, yeah. Which we get to meet two more characters. Briefly, right? Next but egg. at least one of them makes a really great impression. Um, Michael introduces Tahani and Jianyu 
who will be having a housewarming party later. There are other there are another couple of soulmates from the neighborhood. We don't really we learn a lot about Tahani's life and like the people that she rubbed elbows with. We don't get anything really about Tahani's story, Mm-mm. but Jamila Jamil, who wasn't really an actor before playing Tahani, which um, is wild to me. She just I don't know. She just embodies that. Oh my god, this lady so well. Yeah. Like I I recently watched Glass Onion the Knives Out sequel and obviously this came before that, but she would have fit just in with that group of just rich, self-important, think they're smarter than they are, think they're more interesting than they are, kind of assholes and yet she's so kind in air quotes and genuine that it's just yeah. the perfect character to drive a, a, a stake through Eleanor to just ign- annoy true, the hell out Tahani of her. It's were, were like a shitty person it would be easier for Eleanor to like hate her but Tahani just threw a really nice party, party and she brags too much mm-hmm. but there was shrimp there was champagne she invited everyone in her home you know she's the hostess with the mostest. Yeah, she her party, she is. I like her line when she's like, oh, and so Michael gives a speech, and after he gives her speech, Tahani's like, and just so you all know, we have 36 uh, uh, regulation-sized <laughs> tennis courts if anyone wants to play tennis. I think that's really funny. Yeah. And it is. Eleanor is the type of character that I think more of us in real life actually are where all we have are our own inner thoughts, so you can't help but see yourself as the main character in a story. Mm-hmm. And Eleanor... I think in her heart thinks she is a good and decent person despite what she does. For whatever reason, we as people seem to think that like our actions and our demeanor are different or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's like I'm nice to people, so it doesn't matter that I did all of this stuff. So when you see someone like Tahani who is nice and is impressive and has everything and can do everything, for some that, that just points out in yourself that, oh, I'm not any of that. And I kind of thought I was. I think it's a a really great character. A lot of great Eleanor and Chidi stuff in the party of Eleanor uh, being like, I can't be the worst person here. And then one by one being proven that every (laughs) single person in the party is better than she is. The guy that that stands out to me was the one that was like, well, and and he told me, you can't give me both your kidneys. You'll die. We just met. And I said, but you will live. (laughs) (laughs) And on those 10 minutes on that bus, he he seemed like a nice guy. Yeah, that's so funny. Um, I like Eleanor as she gets progressively drunk. Like the way she makes fun of Tahani is is really funny. The the voice that she puts on it. Oh, yeah, I'm a large giraffe. No one else here has an accent. She she's choosing to have an accent. That's so funny. We didn't mention, but we skipped over this part of the episode. How interesting! I think the concept that everyone is speaking their home language. But you hear your home language and dialect. Yeah, I love that. And yet Tahani is, has this accent <laughs> because it she likes it. Mm-hmm. Which, on one hand, who cares? If she wants yeah. to talk that way because she likes it, let her. But again, that's something that's just going to bug Eleanor so badly. That's just a funny, funny thing. We get the plant that Eleanor is a shrimp woman. She loves her shrimp. Yeah, I respect that's it. One of her strongest character traits. Those shrimp that she had in her fist Those were are huge. Delicious. Oh, my God. I love a big shrimp. I, I've been known to eat a whole cocktail ring of shrimp if I if I need to. Um, <laughs> what situation have you been in? Steven, Steven, <laughs> now or never, a whole ring. The president of the United States is going to die if you don't uh, eat these shrimp, Steven. 
I get it. It happens to me all the time. And you didn't do it for the president. You did it for the shrimp. I did it for the shrimp. So Eleanor loves shrimp. That's a joke that they come back to a lot. I do like shrimp. Mm. It's funny. I like her. After the party, um, Eleanor is complaining about Tahani and about the party and about how stuck up everyone is and about how she's stuck here. And we didn't really talk other than the very beginning of us recording about her learning the filter that some people don't like Mm -hmm. cursing. So they say fork and bullshit. And that's just one of the – it's truly one of those things in this show that another show would have made way more annoying. Yeah. But they use it the perfect amount, and they pick the perfect words that sound close enough while also sounding far enough from the thing. I think it works really well. And I like the moment of victory Eleanor has when she realizes she can still call Tahani a butthead. I know. That was so cute. Then there's a nice scene between Eleanor and Chidi before Chidi goes to bed, or before Eleanor goes to bed, where she's kind of coming to the terms of, does anybody care that she died? Yeah. And what's going on back in her life. And she talks a little bit about her parents and how she Mm -hmm. didn't have a great relationship with her parents. And she thinks they're bad people, so they're probably in the bad place. It's just a nice moment that shows, I don't know, Eleanor has this armor up, has this wall up, and she's confident in her snipes and stuff like that. So here for a second we get to see her pull away from that and and be a little more genuine. And Eleanor... And Kristen Bell's performance in this episode is just a knockout. It's so good. She carries the whole thing, and it's great. I love it. So she goes to bed. There's the carnival music as the doors slowly shut. Be my absolute terrifying. I would hate that. Uh, But I kind of like the idea of the bedroom door that closes like that. That's badass. That was neat. The design of the house itself, like you were saying, I could fuck with. The outside's pretty ugly, but I'm not outside. Who do I? What do I care? You can paint it. Yeah. I'm sure the good place has paint. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so she goes to sleep, and even though it's kind of a moment of peace, I guess, because she feels comfortable in her bed and feels comfortable with Chidi, the next morning, one of the events that kicks off the the danger and the drama of the series is that Eleanor is not going to be able to just pretend to be the Eleanor that everybody thinks she is Mm -hmm. because this world isn't manipulatable manipulate i don't know how to say that you she cannot manipulate this world it is not our world everything in this afterlife starts to i don't know how would you even describe it it starts to like things start to kind of unravel there's a glitch in the matrix like thing things are going wrong you know this perfect world has kind of been flipped on its head which i love the switch in like i don't know if it's a different camera or a different way of filming with the camera that they have once this scene starts but it's so cool and it's such a little difference but it completely changes the tone of what's happening yeah it's a really great moment what i what i was trying to say is that all of the things, the glitches in this matrix are specific to mistakes Eleanor has made since yeah. she got there. So she knows that she can't just pretend because it's not about convincing Michael or convincing the other people in the neighborhood. You can't fool, you know, or at least she she, she didn't properly fool the world itself, the good right. place. Even though it's not her fault that she's there. No. But she made the wrong choice by not going instantly to someone and asking for an explanation, even though who can blame her if you know that you're yeah. just destined for the bad place. 
Well, what things did you notice in the storm? You say that's one of your favorite there's, bits. What's there's the the shrimp in the sky, the giraffes running around, the Ariana Grande playing, which is mm-hmm. really funny because, and that was almost kind of like a throwaway line that they turn into something funnier because when Eleanor is trying to guess, like trying to say Chidi's last name right, she's like Ariana Grande, and then goes to sleep, and then that's her thing, break free, playing up in the up in the sky you know with the cloud bumping everyone's in matching pajamas that are the same colors as eleanor's that are not the same Mm -hmm. and i think that was really clever um because she didn't go to michigan law school so she doesn't get the i've always liked the pajamas thing because it just kind of also feels like an error code like a matrix like error code of like trying to trying to uh point out the the flaw in the coding Mm -hmm. by I don't know. I think it's a really cool choice and a really cool visual to see everyone running around in that. I liked the giant rolling bottles of the pills that Eleanor used yeah. to sell. Um, there was also really cool, um, like, fighting p- roses or plants outside of a mm-hmm. door, like, snapping at each other. Uh, so what's going on here is all of this is going on because Eleanor is there and she lied and as far as she knows, nobody knows but her. And sh- that's where the episode ends. The first episode of The Good Place ends with her saying, fork me. And what is she going to do? Yeah, well, okay. So this is a thing. On the on Netflix, which is where I watched it, yes. after that, she the episode continues because the ending of it was her and Chidi talking about coming up with a plan. That's the cold open of the second episode. Is and, it? Yes. Because they have like a whole thing and then they do the Fremulon afterwards and then oh, there's a whole separate that. episode. I know because you don't watch it on the actual streaming things. Because Zachary. I bought the DVD. Oh, you bastard. I you watched think... it the most official way. No, 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 no. Netflix knows what's up. Well, that's going to be a little conversation that we have to have here because some mm-hmm. of these episodes that are split into, it was, yeah. it, to me, on my DVD, it was. Eleanor says, ah, fork me. And then, like, the blackout as if there's a commercial. And then the scene where they go into Eleanor. Yeah, and they don't... When do you end a television show like that? They have credits over them when they're having the conversation. Not always when it's aired as a... I don't want to have this huge argument right here. But when it's aired as a... It's aired as one thing, but it was produced as two. Yeah. So it's aired to look like one thing and to be smoothly like that the way i judged it was the episodes have a cold open and then the green the good place chapter two thing so i figured that scene was the cold open and then the chapter two thing happens that's well, where it I was it not zach well then why don't you go ahead and recap <laughs> now that we've now that we've aired out our dirty laundry on the first episode why don't you tell us about that last scene we made it about an hour in before we before we had a full tiff zach i think you'll learn to prove that that is not correct yeah that's not true um <laughs> so chidi and eleanor are in eleanor's house because everything's going wrong and she's like oh oh fork things are bad mm-hmm. and he's like this is bad like this is all because of you all yeah. those things are things that you said and she's like well nothing happened until i got drunk at the party so maybe if i behave myself then i can then i'll be okay will you teach me and he's like uh and that's feel good. Cut to the theme song thing. Okay. Yeah. Well, then that's the episode. Are you happy now? Are I'm you happy? Ecstatic. But I still like that we're doing a full episode on each half yeah, because absolutely. it would have been too much to do both halves in one episode. Yeah. And while we're winding things down here, as we talk about the last little bits that we have to pick up off of, everything is fine. 
What we would normally do here if there was something uh, to talk about, we're going to do a little segment called Chidi's Philosophy Class, where if in the episode of The Good Place, Chidi brings up a certain philosopher or brings up something like the trolley problem in a later episode, Mm -hmm. this would be the little stretch of our podcast where we have a little debate over the philosophies that are mentioned by that person or in the episode. Uh, we don't really have something like that for this episode, I don't think. Um, there obviously is a lot more. Like, we got all this stuff on the surface. If we wanted to dive really deep into what a lot of things presented in this first episode actually mean, we could. But we've we this is the first episode, so we had a lot to get out of the way. But in future weeks, we're going to be having sessions of Chidi's philosophy class to talk about the ethics and the philosophy yeah. that we're learning about in The Good Place. So we'll have that... Maybe next time, if there's something in next week's episode to discuss there. The other thing we have to do before we start wrapping things up and getting into spoilers a little bit is give out awards, kind of. We do have a couple of awards. Why don't you tell people about this segment? So, um, you know, we like to to rate and score things between the two of us, something we do a lot. Um, But for each episode, we're going to, you know, grant somebody temporary access mm-hmm. to either the good place or the bad place. That's where they're going to spend the week waiting for our next deliberations and talking about their episode. Well, and based just off of the actions of this episode. Exactly. Right. So it's not carrying over. It's just based off of what happened in this episode. We're calling this segment good place, bad place. This is the other thing we'd like your input on. So follow us on Twitter at time knife pod and email us time at gmail.com to tell us who you think based on each episode of the show, who makes it to the good place and who makes it to the bad place. It's really exciting for me to see what other people say. Um, why don't we start with the bad place? Okay. I'll go. Okay. Um, this week, my bad place is going to be, and this was hard because I don't think anyone really deserves to go to the bad place this week. But I'm going to send Tahani to the bad place this week for being a little bit braggy about the tennis courts. It's an evening party. Everyone's in formal wear. Nobody wants to play tennis. It is braggy. It's a little braggy. My bad place this week is going to go to Eleanor's old boss in the Mm. flashback, the, the pill salesman. The guy who, like, obviously, yeah, he's it's just trying not, to run a small business. Seth. Well, obviously, he's just an employee. He's just a cog in it. But he was very like, "We're gonna fuck over some old people today, and we're gonna do it right." And I, I didn't like it. I'm sending him, whoever he is, to the bad place for this one. Nice. Well, who's your, who's your, who are you sending to the good place? Who gets that green light? Okay, this is gonna be kind of tough because I feel like this character could be who I pick a lot of these episodes. Based off of this episode, it's Chidi. Yeah. Chidi didn't do anything wrong. He's very sweet. He's thrown into a situation that he shouldn't have to deal with and that he's not prepared to deal with. And all he wants to do is enjoy the afterlife he's been put into. But he deals with his his, his newfound position in this story in a great way. He's not willing to just lie and break the rules. He's, he's going to do it the right way, which for me gets him into the good place. So my good place pick this week was also Cheaty. Um, and I want to go into that because imagine, you know, you just died. Yeah. You're, you're in the good place. You're happy about it. You're like, okay, you're going to get a soulmate. 
and then you find out that it's the wrong person. And instead of, you know, thinking selfishly that you don't get to have your soulmate now, you're missing out on all these aspects. The first thought that Chidi has, well, other than has stomach ache, <laughs> is, is to help. And yeah. I don't think there's a more good thing than that, than to help someone in need who you, you owe nothing, you have no obligation to them. And but even you go when out it of your diametrically way. opposes what you're wanting, mm-hmm. to give that to up still. to help. It's a very selfless gesture. Yeah. Chidi, the good place all the way. Chidi, the goodest boy. Okay, well, we're going to do one more thing before we dive into the spoilers and get out of here for the week. Uh, oh, We have emails for the very first episode of this podcast. We do. Uh, people sent us in their thoughts on this episode, their trivia questions, and their good place, bad place over at timeknifepod at gmail.com. And we would like for you to also email us. So our box is always open for you to stuff it, fine people. Hell yeah. And what do we have this week, Stephen? We've got two emails this week. Our first one is from a friend from uh, Can't Disappoint a Podcast. Artie writes in and says, Happy New Year, Zach and Stephen. Hi, Before Artie. I talk about the first episode of The Good Place, I just wanted to let you know that in my 2022 Spotify wrapped, You Can't Disappoint a Podcast was my top podcast. Whoa. Nice. We're honored. Um, not That's only that, us. but I apparently listened to 19,863 minutes of the podcast. Jesus. That's a lot of me and Zach. I hope you're okay. That's 13 days, 19 hours, and 3 minutes of 2022 that I, I spent listening to other people all, talk about I don't feel like show. it was that right? long. Right? That's crazy. I'm both impressed and mildly concerned, as are <laughs> we. We are a little bit worried for you. Um, I wasn't able to vote in your Twitter poll earlier this year, but I'm so glad that the vote swung in favor of The Good Place. Us too. I think it's a really special show, and I can't wait to see how this podcast develops over the course of this year. Same. We feel the same way. Um, Some trivia for episode one, Everything is Fine. Okay, question one. Ready. What are the names of the frozen yogurt places featured in this episode? One of them was just like acronym gpfy or something like that good place frozen yogurt it might not have been that exactly but it was close to that mm-hmm. and i don't know if they show it in this episode but there's the one in a lot of episodes that's called like yogurt 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 with like different accents nice. on each one and stuff like that yeah i don't know if they show that one in this one there was one that was like yogurt acres is the only one i remember okay we'll see the acronyms we'll see okay question two what was michael's short film sponsored by Otters holding otters hands holding while hands. falling asleep. Mm-hmm. Cuties. Uh, what are the names of the fake supplements that Eleanor used to sell in her telemarketing job? Do you remember? Do I already forget? Silver. Nasacore. No, Nasapro. Nasapro, silver, and Nasapro, silver. Yeah. Um, which Ariana Grande song plays during the scene where many of the negative things this that Eleanor is said? This is the, day the before part where I'm saying I'm talking about Sorry, guys. That would be One Break Free by one young Ariana Grande. That's great. Um, Good song. Yeah, Uh, The obvious character choice for the good place spot has to be Cheaty. Simply by virtue of sucking the least. He's not pretending... Oh, I guess let me read the answers first. Um, Good Place's Best Yogurt, GPBY. Yogurt Horizons. Yogurt Acres. Let's All Eat, dot, 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 dot. Yogurt. That one might just <laughs> That's be. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then yogurt, yogurt, yogurt um, was, was in right. this one. Uh, let's see. Okay. Chidi was not pretending to be mute. He isn't uppity and condescending. He's not trying to convince another person. He's just met to help him stay where he shouldn't be. Mm. He hasn't deliberately orchestrated an environment. 
Um, blah, 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 spoilery things. <laughs> if I saw the episode for the first time ever, Eleanor would be my choice for the bad place. The rude comments, the eye rolling, the shrimp hogging. Also, Anagonye isn't that hard to pronounce. Hey, talk your shit, Artie. Yeah, um, nevertheless, agree. Kristen Bell manages to make her character incredibly charming and likable sure. from the jump. But nothing she does in this episode tops what blah, uh, blah, 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 blah. Um, She's spoiling the stuff. Yeah, we don't can't wait spoil. to listen to this week's podcast and hearing your thoughts, Artie. Thank you, Artie. We love you. Thanks, Artie. Um, all right. Our next email is from one of our $10 and up patrons and a good friend of mine uh danny danny says happy new year guys i'm so incredibly excited about this new podcast and cannot wait to hear your discussion on it plus Yay. it will give me the chance to re-watch it yeah. it feels very appropriate that i'm currently writing this from mexico because i was here when i wrote my first can't disappoint a podcast email whoa Aww, super cool um anyway here are my questions and answers wow appreciate it that's the norm everyone who writes in questions please give, give us answers. answers or how will we know we'll just be fucked yeah absolutely fucked um what was doug Forsett's best friend's name i remember randy. it was zach's question randy what pattern is michael's bow tie in the intro scene that was a you i don't remember peacock feathers oh, sure. right um what video does michael pull up of eleanor's life when they get to her house uh, it's like a bunch of kids, and she's giving them it's presents. It's the thing in Ukraine, the Christmas oh, right. time in Ukraine. Right. Um, name a couple frozen yogurt places that showed in this My episode. We already Bruce had that question. Christmas song, Christmas in Ukraine, <laughs> by the Boss. Sorry. What? <laughs> uh, that was the frozen yogurt places. All the ones we said before: yogurt, yogurt, yogurt. All the above. We got it. Yogurt Acres. You can't. Why see? YMC and BM. Yogurt can't disappoint a person. Exactly. <laughs> now you're catching on, yeah. Zach. Uh, what does Tahani compare Eleanor's house to? A little dog's house or a house for a mouse? Yeah. Um, what Ariana Grande song is playing? Break, Break free! free! Um, and then we got all those right. Good for us. Uh, wishing you all the love and success in 2023. Thank you, Danny. Big hugs from Mexico, Danny. Thank you, Danny. Nice. Well, thanks for the emails. I'll just say quickly, uh, we'll always call out on Twitter when we're about to record a new episode so you can know when it's time to send us emails. That's at TimeKnifePod on Twitter. You can email us at TimeKnifePod at gmail.com. And uh, as we get deeper into the show and as we get more emails per episode if you want to make sure your correspondence is heard become a patron patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast steven before we sign off for the week everyone this is your spoiler warning for a couple minutes we're gonna spoil the end of season one if you don't want to hear it we love you thanks for listening and you might as well just stay anyway just listen all right so we're gonna talk about how they're in the bad place they're in the bad place and knowing that makes going back and rewatching it so much fun. Knowing, like what I mentioned to you before we started recording, that all of the people at the party talking about how good of a person they are are demons meant to say exactly what's going to make them upset. It's uh, we haven't we didn't talk about this earlier. When how recently have you rewatched the show, Zach? Not for four or five. Not since the show ended. Wow. Okay. So I, I've I've watched through it all within the last maybe. year, yeah, or so, and it's so cool going back and seeing like all the little things. I mean, from the beginning, Chidi is is having the worst possible time. Yes, that anyone could be having. 
Like, uh, why why didn't we catch on sooner to the fact it was the bad place, Zach? Um, okay, so the other thing is that Ted Danson's performance as Michael yeah. is masterful. The way that we know that the season ends with him turning his smile into an evil grimace. Oh, which is one of the best evil smiles that I've orchestrated seen Orchestrated all of film. this. You see that in his eyes in everything. Him yeah. being like, oh, I don't know about this storm. I don't know what this is. Everything's fine. He knows exactly what's mm -hmm. happening, and it's beautiful. The other thing, that, and there's only a few things to mention in this first episode, we did not talk about Jianyu hardly no, it's at hard all to. in this podcast. It's hard to because he's not Jianyu. He's Jason Mendoza. From Jacksonville, Florida. One of the like funniest, Bortles. probably the funniest character on the show. Mm-hmm. And it's so fun to watch, like, his somber nod when he's just this dumb, simple boy behind it. Or his look of panic at the end during the storm. His, uh, like, storm clothing is badass. He looks like a Dragon oh, yeah. Ball Z character. Great. Well, I think Great. we did it. We did. I think we did. We we, we time-knifed. We time-knifed. right through to time, the time-knife. 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 Time We've done it. We talked about the first episode of the podcast. We've shooken off some Did of the... Did we talk the... about the first episode of the podcast? The first episode of the show, Zach? Way to fuck it uh... up right at the end. <laughs> We've talked about the first episode of The Good Place. We've shaken off some of that first podcast dust. And now we're in it. Every Monday, we're going to be bringing you the next episode of The Good Place here on Into the Time Knife. Very excited. Please join us next week where we'll be talking about Chapter 2, Flying. That's going to be a lot flying. of fun. Flying. Everyone's dream is to fly. Steven, you're usually the person who mentions what people should follow at the yeah. end of the podcast and we haven't practiced this, so let's see. Uh, let's, let's see, see if I do. can do it raw. Un There's not much. Un uncut uncut jams. Okay. Uh make sure you guys get in on the on the action if you want to peek into the time knife. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram over at into the time knife. Um, just kidding. Over at Time Knife Pod. There you go. Uh, you can check us out there. We're going to be posting all our fun shenanigans. Make sure you also follow us on YouTube. Look up the full name of the show, Into the Time Knife, on YouTube to see the video accompaniment of this podcast. Yes. See Every our single week, faces. we're going to bring you our beautiful faces as we stare the time knife in the eye see what fun shirts we have on or what cool posters zach has or what anime figures are going to be behind me next week uh make sure that you uh come check us out over like i said check us out on youtube search the name of the show into the time knife um and you can make sure to stay up to date with all the action up to the minute with all things time knife pod what I want to say to you guys as we wrap up is if you like this show so far, if you want to support everything that Steven and I do here at Can't Disappoint Podcasts, patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast is the place to do that. You're going to get this show weeks early. Like this first episode yeah. is coming out on Patreon two weeks over two weeks before it's live. So you'll get early access to this show. You'll get all kinds of Patreon-exclusive content, early access to all our other shows, shout-outs on this show, and that's really just scratching the surface. There's so much over there on the Patreon, and we want to get new equipment, and we want to push this show even further in 2023. So if you feel so inclined, we would appreciate your support. Yeah, earn those good place points. And I think that's it for the first episode of End of the Time Knife. Like I said, we'll be back next week to talk about flying. And all there is left is to sign this thing off. From inside the Time Knife, Black Lives Matter. I'm Zach. I'm Steven. And we'll see you next time. Toodaloo! Night.
episode of Into the Time Knife. I hope you enjoyed it. And we wanted to pop back here at the end just for a few seconds because it's been a while since I have had the pleasure to say from inside the Dreamatorium, Black Lives Matter. I'm Zach. I'm Steven. And we love you very much. We'll see you next time. Yeah, thanks guys. Toodaloo! Toodaloo!